0: Hi, and welcome to Ghent Expat Talks. My name is Maisie. And my name is Neeti. And we'll be your hosts for this podcast series. We're excited to launch this
1: podcast on behalf of Community Ghent to bring you inspiring content and resources to navigate life as an expat. The Expat Community Ghent is a working group within the Community Ghent, which focuses on the well-being of expats in Ghent. And it is made up of young and dynamic individuals from all over the world, striving to make a positive impact on the lives of the talented internationals living in Ghent.
0: We believe it takes a village to settle in and to find your sense of home when moving to a new country, which is why we have created this podcast. In today's episode, we cover how to build lasting resolutions, or as Judith likes to call, objectives and goals we will be chatting about the importance of goal setting how to build sustainable goals and learn some useful tips and tricks that judith brings to her clients and adopts in her own life welcome to the show thank you thank
2: you ladies for the invitation very happy to be here my name is uh, judith escalier i'm originally from Bolivia, but i've been living in belgium since 2007. I studied commercial engineering in uh, Bolivia, but then decided to move to the UK to learn English uh, so I could pursue a master's degree in somewhere in Europe. But I ended up in Belgium, and since I graduated, I worked as a researcher, mostly in the academic industry. I worked as a researcher. Then I became an entrepreneur, and somewhere around 2015, I found my true passion in coaching people. So since then, I am an executive coach who works in different organizations, universities, and also with private clients. I met my husband in Bolivia, it's true, somewhere around 2003. He was there doing volunteer work. And we became a couple over there. We were together for the time, he was there somewhere around six to eight months, I believe. And then he went back to the Netherlands. That was the plan all along. And I was looking to do a master's degree, but I wasn't sure where. And at that time, I didn't speak English. So I decided to move to the UK to learn English and to save some money before I studied. By that time, we had already broken up. We were more than two years apart. But then uh, when I started applying to universities and I was going to different admission tests, we kind of got in touch again. And finally, yeah, when I came to the he was working here as well. And we decided to give it another go and, and see how it went. And yeah, we are
0: both here since then.
1: So true love finds a way in the end.
0: Yeah, it looks like. <laughs> it. <laughs> love prevails.
2: (laughs) Looks like it
1: indeed. Today what we wanted to really discuss with you Judith is your subject matter expertise on building resolutions and since it's February a lot of people get very enthusiastic beginning of the year to come up with their resolutions for the year but we don't know how many actually follow through. Mm -hmm. So do you believe in resolutions? How do you work with them? And would you say that they're important uh, for individual's improvement?
2: Mm-hmm. I actually believe more in objectives rather than resolutions. The word resolution sounds to me a little bit more like mutual thinking, but when you translate these dreams into objectives and with an actionable plan, then everything is, uh, is achievable. So resolutions are also mostly linked at the beginning of the year, but I see goal setting as something that can happen at any point during the year. Whenever you decide to make a change, to take a step in your life, you can make the decision and set set your goals. And that takes away the pressure of the once in a year opportunity, which is usually linked to, to resolutions. And in regards uh, as if they are important, I do believe they are very important. It's actually scientifically proved that people that set goals, official goals at the period of the year or the quarter, they have 40% more chance of achieving it uh, than somebody who has not done it. And if you take this step of... Um, writing them down, follow them through, um, then you have even a 75, 80% success rate uh, to, to, to achieve your goals.
1: Oh, nice. I, I love writing down my tasks and goals. So I can, I especially like to scratch them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it's such yes. a gratifying feeling. Macy, are you into uh, yeah goals and how do you see it?
0: Definitely. I'm definitely one of the type of people that Takes the time to reflect at the end of the year and also at the beginning of the year to say what went well, what didn't go so well, and what do I want this next year to look like? So I definitely do prescribe in that. And I love to hear the data to Judith around the 40% and 75%. So I would say it's definitely a good tip to start giving to people that, you know, if you have an idea of what you want your year to look like, just take some time to jot it down and you're that much more likely to kind of see it come true. Mm -hmm. And it's a nice way, I guess, to segue to the next question, which is, a lot of times people associate resolutions with kind of, again, this time of the year, and that they generally are sometimes easy to be broken. How would you advise friends, clients of the like to build sustainable or longer lasting resolutions, and if not that objectives and change? Mm
2: -hmm. Well, I am a goal-setting junkie and enthusiast, so I have been trying (laughs) and failing for years. And finally, I have come to a process that I use personally, but I also propose to my coaching clients and has worked very well for them. So I have a five-step process if you would like to to hear more about it.
1: Yes, yes, please. I have my pen ready to write my notes down. (laughs)
2: Great. (laughs) Well, step number one is to do a reality check. So First, we need to evaluate where are we right now. And with my clients, we always use a tool called the Wheel of Life. And to everybody who is listening, I I invite you to take a piece of paper, a pen, and then let's do it together. So what you need to do is to draw a circle. And then you will split this circle in eight. Just think of a pizza. Just split it in in eight pieces. And then we will give a name to each of these pieces. Each of these pieces is gonna represent one area of our life. The first one is gonna be health. Second one, personal growth. Third, career. Four, finance five significant other six friends seven family and the last one fun and leisure when we talk about uh, health i'm talking in the broad perspective but there are some people who like to split health into physical health and emotional health as well if you find this is the case for you you need to split it in two you can also just make a line in between and it's How this exercise works is that you need to give a score on each of these categories. And we're gonna think that the middle of the circle is the number zero and the edges are number 10. So for example, if we say health, zero will be something like, I do not take care of my physical health at all. That will be a zero. And number 10 will be, I am in top shape, and my nutrition is uh, on point and it's balanced and it's adequate. So just think of in, in these two areas of the spectrum, where do you score? Is it a four, is it a six, is it an eight? And you do the same for all the other areas.
1: Right, so this is where we are currently in our lives, not where mm-hmm. we want to get at.
2: No, it is currently, currently. where we are. So that is really the, the reality check. Okay. So we start giving a score, To all the other areas. And then you can even, you know, paint over what uh, the score Mm -hmm. so it's clear Mm -hmm. when it's a two or that is very small, close to the to the middle, or if it's an eight that is really far away. And this is gonna give you a really good image of where you are right now. And whatever it's close to eight or nine, then only small actions are gonna be needed because you are scoring pretty well. But if you're scoring very low in something, then immediate action is needed in those specific areas. So that will be uh, step one. Then step two, once you have identified what are the main areas of your life where you want to make a change, then we define the why. And this is very, very important because at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the quarter, the reason we make goals is because we are very excited to achieve something, to go somewhere, right? But we know how life is. So something is going to happen. For sure, we can't plan everything. We cannot plan anything. And yeah, then you're going to need to find the motivation again to keep going, to keep pushing. And sometimes we can only achieve this by reading or having a very clear why. I really recommend writing because when you are motivated, you have this energy and you really understand why you want to do this. So when you're having a tough time reaching your goals, then you can always go back to what you wrote first to get inspired again and to, If you need to change the strategy, it's fine, but at least you know where you're going. So why are you doing this? Why is it important for you to achieve it? And maybe just an example, why do you want to spend more quality time with your significant other? Why is it important to your relationship that you make the time and the space to, to have this quality time? Or you can also flip it if you want. What would happen if I don't make the space to create this quality time together? So really understand what is your why is going to help you set up your
1: goals. Yeah, and also to realign basically when you keep getting lost or uh, you keep getting taken over with other things on your day-to-day life that you yes. go back to the why and you reimagine your goals and you repurpose mm-hmm. yourself. Exactly right, right, and right.
2: Especially if it's your first time setting uh, setting up goals, what is also important besides your why is that you define the values that are important for yourself. You know, is this freedom? Is this uh, balance? Is this uh, career? Is flexibility? You know, I was talking to a client the other day who I've been working with for two years. The first one of the first things we did was to define her values. Um, before setting up the goals for the next 10 years, even. We worked so oh, wow. hard already. Oh, wow. and she just made a career change. And she really said, you know, this defining my, my values my value of balance, career and family, but having the flexibility to do it, that was an important factor that played a role when she decided to change jobs. Because mm-hmm. she needed to have that step further in her career, but her main value is flexibility. So this was already aligned and it was not a difficult decision because she knew that that was really true to herself.
0: Yeah. If I can also add one thing here. One thing I think that's hard for some people, myself included, is the aspect of focus. So like you said, Judith, finding the values, what's truly most important to you Personally, and maybe not what society says as valuable. Science. That way you can really hone in your efforts and your attention to executing on those certain goals or certain objectives versus trying to accomplish 15 different things well, which is a little bit setting yourself up for failure. So I think it's also a nice way to say also to find that focus and then really spend your time and effort there.
2: Yeah, indeed. No, definitely. And that really can guide us in the decisions we make and in spotting the opportunities that sometimes present themselves. That sometimes we are not even aware that they are coming our way. And if we know what's our value in life, then it's easier to, to, to implement it in our daily, daily, in a daily basis. So right. step number three yep. will be defining the goals and the success indicators. And here I really want to go back to what you say, Macy, defining what is a success indicator for ourselves, and not for what the society tells us. Um, because for the longest time, health uh, goals have been linked to to weight. You know how much you weight, but that is not true for everybody. You know, I have clients who see a success factor just building more muscle tone, other that wants to run a, a marathon. I have another one who just wants to move more in the daily basis. The same with finance, it's not about making more money or making you uh, hitting that big number. Goals on finance can be also be saving money, learning about investing, making an investment plan, you see? So that's how it's important to link the values with with our goals. Definitely. So defining the the goals, once they are aligned to our values and to our why, to make it clearly and more attainable, they should be SMART. And SMART is an acronym that stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. So let me give you an an example. All the the examples I'm sharing are from clients who allowed me to share, so I'm happy they did that. Um, One of my clients, after doing the reality check, he really wanted to work on his personal growth. He just wanted to learn more, but he wasn't sure still what he wanted to learn more about. So he decided he will read more uh, on 2021. But then, of course, that's kind of a fluffy, a fluffy objective. So we needed to make it smart. So finally, he came with the the goal that I will read 24 books on 2021. So this was a specific goal, right?
1: Because it was 24 books. Measured as well. Yes. You could count on your fingers 24. Yeah. So indeed, measurable, you could count
2: the attainable. Attainable means that you—it's it's challenging, but it's not too unrealistic, right? For him to read one book a week, that was unrealistic. He was going more into the one a month, but that was not challenging enough. So we yeah. settled in two books per month, which you also could split in yeah. each month. And you could see if you are right on track or not. Yeah. and they are relevant because that was in the time of his life that he really wanted to to learn something new. I wanted to try different books without committing to one type of of a genre of um, industry. He just wanted to explore, and it was time bound because he could easily uh, decide if if the twenty four books for twenty twenty one looked too overwhelming you could easily split them in quarters and say, okay, this quarter, I'm going to read six books, right? And then just focus on the six books instead of focusing on the 24 books. So that would be a good way to make a a goal smart. However, I also want to mention that there are habit uh, goals that are not always smart, but because we want to implement a new habit in our lives. So another example of a, a client that I already mentioned who wanted to move more, but she wasn't into looking for how much weight to 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 lose, or it was not about that for her. It was just adding more movement in her life. She's working from home a lot. She just wanted to move more. So finally, she decided that she would like she would burn two hundred calories per day, and she got herself an activity tracker so she could monitor this. And 200 calories for her, it was also realistic. She could choose to go for a walk, to go for a bike ride, or just, you know, do some yoga or, yeah, just go for a run. Something challenging still for her day because she needed at least 45 minutes to to make this happen. So the challenge for her was looking for those 45 minutes in her day in any way she wanted but, to get this uh, movement,
1: wow goal. okay, so it's a, it's a habit which is then uh, helping you to reach a bigger goal, so last year, I had the same thing like about uh, trying to build a habit of reading every day, so I was like okay i 'm going to read twenty minutes before going to sleep, mm-hmm. right yeah. the years before that I've only read sporadically like during yeah. while traveling or or, or like uh, wherever mm-hmm. you see on the train but even that 20 minutes of focus was extremely hard you know mm-hmm. we so then i was like okay let's bring it down to 10 minutes and for the majority of the year i was able to complete this but there were s- certain days where you say okay i missed out but if you're really that focused you catch up on it the two mm-hmm. days later so yeah. it also depends on what you individually want to achieve and your drive
2: okay. and i'm sure that what you read in those 10 minutes almost every day it was more than you
1: read without having any goal at all yeah i i swear that's the truth yeah i was able to read like i think like 12 books or 13 books and before that i only could read four or five books in a year and i really wanted to increase my knowledge that was the main goal for me to read more to increase my knowledge more uh, to increase my vocabulary Uh, Mm -hmm. so keeping that main goal i tried to form a habit
2: Uh, like in the case of this client who read the 24 books now this year he already found kind of the area where he wants to uh, develop more knowledge so now he's gonna not only read some books but he's gonna take some courses on that as well you see so that keeps working on his personal growth as well
1: that's really really nice to hear okay awesome
2: yeah so should we move to step number four yes yes please. Step number four is implement. And of course, everything looks very beautifully on paper, but we need to to make it happen. And we need to to plan to see how we're gonna achieve this goal. So what we can do is is split the goal. What I recommend is not to have all your goals set by 31st of December, Because otherwise it becomes too overwhelming and it also becomes too far away from you. So the recommendation is try to split your goals in different quarters or semesters. So you always have something to to work on a new challenge just to keep you excited. But then think about how are you gonna do this. For example, in the the example of client with the with books, um, he needed to think when he was going to read. And then he said, OK, I'm going to read every evening for at least one hour. But then you need to have your backup plan. What's going to happen if I'm feeling tired? Am I going to read probably Friday? Is that a good idea to set myself to read one hour? Friday, I would like to do something different. Can I read something at a different time on Friday or not read at all on Friday and look for longer moments during the weekend? If you have a contingency plan, then you are more prone to succeed because you have already something to to fall back on when when these situations happen and really implementing is taking action just doing it and just trying and 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 then we move into step 5 which is the follow up so these are closely interconnected implementing will be really making your plan and Setting yourself timings and moments to pursue this goal, but then the last one will be follow up. So you make some cuts midway. If you're working on a goal for a quarter, then make some stops after one month and then after month number two to see how are you doing? Are you progressing? What have been the main challenges you have found? How can you readjust? How can you just change the plan? You don't need to change the destination, but you can just adjust the plan. Think of it like if you want to go to Germany and you need to decide I'm going by plane, I'm going by car or I'm going by back. And then you decide I'm going by car and then you start. But then there are road roads and there are works here and works there. So you need to take another road. You're still going to Germany, but you just need to, you can change, you can change the course.
0: Yeah, that's really great advice, Judith. And I'm wondering, so it's great to hear about the examples from your clients because it really makes it tangible to mm-hmm. understand how you're coaching them. And for those people that aren't working with a coach or don't really have that accountability system, can you talk a little bit to us around how we can help build accountability into our lives so that we can have the courage to take a detour and kind of reevaluate and kind of also, like you were saying, Nithi, give yourself 10 minutes instead of 20 minutes. So just having the courage to reevaluate that and how do we stay accountable? Mm -hmm.
2: Accountability is very important when you are working towards achieving your goals. So you can work with anybody who is close to you and who cares about you reaching these goals. You can be a friend. You can be your significant other. Just ask for some, uh, somebody who, to, to write the goals with you, uh, somebody who also is into, into goal setting. You can do it together and be each other's accountability partners. And if it doesn't work, you can always look for communities online as well to to do things together. There are these days online, so many communities you can join to start a new habit together, to to reach a new goal. You can create even groups, accountability groups with three, four people and depending on the goals, eh? deciding to have accountability calls every week, every two weeks, just to see the, the progress and keep each other motivated
1: as well. For expats specifically, you know we don't have a big community here. Like our biggest support system is back home. And those are the people we feel comfortable enough to share our deep goals or like whatever mm-hmm. it is. So what advice would you give to the expats who are trying to build a community here as well? Could this be one of the ways that they could reach out to people and, you know, build a bond shared on common goals, common habits?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you still have your support system at home and you want to work with somebody at home to, to keep you accountable on your goals, you can do that. But also I have seen in me, in my years living in Belgium, in all the Facebook groups of the, the community, you will not find somebody who will work on the same goals as you, but you can find people who can want to work on the specific areas similar than you. So I have seen many messages passing by, like, I'm, I'm starting to run. I'm not an, an, an expert, but I would like to at least run 10 kilometers without buying, you know, there are many yeah, people yeah. interested <laughs> to, to do some Group runs. Uh, I live in this area. with could go around here, and I've seen many people replying saying, "Yes, of course, I would love to do it." But I have seen even cooking. Um, uh, you know, like somebody said, I'm really interested in learning about the uh, Asian cuisine. Is there anybody? here who would like to to teach me. I offer my kitchen and we can make a group out of it. And I know that there were at least five, six people very much interested that got together to start uh, cooking and learning.
1: I'm also on all of those groups. In fact, I would be the one who's saying, I don't like to run, but I support <laughs> you from the sidelines.
2: <laughs> you see, you see, these days, there are so many Facebook groups also. Um, when I arrived yeah. in 2017, eight, seven, 2007, sorry. Oh, yeah. There was no Facebook, it was just started, but there was no community. And then it was mm-hmm. a little bit more complicated. But nowadays, yeah. even within the expat community, there are small groups, uh, satellite groups, according to interests. So, really, if it doesn't exist, create one yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, go out there and get what you really want yes. in a way. So we're talking a lot about like building goals and you've given us a great strategy and a toolbox that everybody can use. But is there some tools that you have that can help people when they break the resolutions to be able to pick themselves up and say, okay, onwards and forwards, you know, don't beat yourself up about this. You still have like, yeah, you have the whole year, you have your whole life to catch up on things because- speaking for myself I do get bummed out when I've quit my goal in the middle and it's not like one day I just quit it's like gradually gradually going away but I noticed there are other things which become more important but how do we deal with the fact of breaking our resolution our goals mm-hmm.
2: I think well as I was saying, uh, I will look more into, into, into goals because it will be more, more specific. But as we, we said before, we look into two important things, uh, describing your why, so understanding your why and having it clearly written down. And the second one will be having the accountability. If your why tells you that this is important, that you cannot wait another year to make it happen. Then you know that you really need an accountability partner, a community, a coach, somebody to help you, to push you, to keep you accountable for what you said you were going to do. If you're why when you write it down, it is a a nice to have of course, you can postpone it for next year. You can delete yeah. it if it's too overwhelming. You don't need to punish yourself like I set myself forty-five goals. No, just
1: yeah, you know. yeah.
2: <laughs> no, uh, probably we should have said this before. No more than eight goals a year. But yeah, I mean, there are eight areas, and you can have probably two goals for one area. But so in some of them, you will have no goals. But eight will be enough. Try to split them during the year so it's not overwhelming. Yeah. Understand your why and and know which goals are your priority. I would also prioritize my goals and say these three are my absolutely priority for this year. Another year cannot go by without me accomplishing this. Then the other ones will follow. But if you give your attention to your priority, you will also feel very proud of yourself.
1: Yeah. Oh. Definitely. And I think that's what you offer your clients as well, that you are the one that they are accountable towards, uh, because when they come back to the session, they would be quite embarrassed if they didn't meet their goals.
2: With, with the coaching, of course, it, it works as accountability, but the biggest impact on coaching, I feel, is the breaking of the limiting beliefs. Because usually clients come with the goals that they have been wanting to achieve for years, but they have not been able to do so. So in coaching, you really try to understand why, what has happened in the past that has not allowed you to do it. And you break through the limiting beliefs, which then allows you to, to figure out your values, to figure out who you truly are. And from then you can take the steps forward
1: as well. That sounds very interesting. Can I sign up? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) These are really first
2: steps, baby steps to take. The process could be repeated every single year. If you want to take it a step further, you can always do so. But start slow and build up from there. Don't try to overwhelm yourself with too many tools and too many goals. Uh, With what I shared today, you can have a really good beginning. Set your habits, especially in the ones that you find more difficult. Try to set your habits first before setting smart goals, and and then yeah, the sky's the limit. You can always keep building upon that.
0: I love True. that. Yeah. Thing about starting out with habits it reminds me of one of my favorite concepts, which is all about the idea of friction. Mm -hmm. And friction being that it's either the propensity to allow you to do something easier or that kind of stands in the way of you being able to accomplish this new habit building. So for example, just setting yourself up for success in a better way, setting those gym clothes out in front of you or kind of already blocking time in your calendar to make sure that you don't need to search for time and that you're reevaluating all day, but that you know, okay, at this time I'm going to go. So it's all about setting yourself up for that success with the habit.
2: Indeed. And if I can uh, build on that, Macy, what you say is very important, of course, in implementation, you will figure out when and at what time you will implement this habit or you will put at least in your priority list before you set up your agenda of the week. Okay, my priority is uh, movement, as I was mentioning before uh, from this time. Okay, when in my agenda, I'm gonna set these 45 minutes for me and myself to, to move. But the other part that you were also mentioning is to set up the trigger and the reward. And the trigger could be, as you say, set up the gym clothes one uh, night before, so you can get up and, get ready to to, to exercise or to do whatever you want to do. Another trigger, which reminds me from a client who said, no, I need to, to take my coffee and read my newspaper before, but if I start my computer already, I cannot have this quiet time for myself because I just came back from school and the emails, and I just need 10 minutes for myself. So she made sure to set up herself for success by switching off the computer the night before and setting a post-it in front of the screen. You like, just as a signal, you cannot turn me on until yeah. you have your time for yourself, you see? So yeah. that allowed her to have that time that she badly needed just to be with her
0: thoughts. I really like that. That's great. I mean, the little reminders, I always use sticky notes all over my house. So.
2: <laughs> you see? It is just a trigger right? because habits are built with a trigger, then the action itself and the reward. And I don't know if the trigger is, oh, we're going to watch a movie or oh, then I should eat, you know, uh, chips or crisps. And then the reward is like, oh, I'm, I'm enjoying my food and my, and my movie, but then you are feeling bad afterwards because this happens every evening, for example, you know? So if you know that the trigger is sitting at the sofa and watching a movie linked to, I'm going to eat really junk, a lot of junk food, then the trigger should be changed like, okay, I'm going to have prepare in advance some healthy snacks that when I watch the movie, then I can reach for these instead of immediately thinking on the junk food that usually accompanies it.
1: It's it's like you're in my living room because this is what happens every <laughs> evening because here in Belgium we at least uh, me and my partner we eat uh, dinner at six o'clock let's say and then yeah. we each have our like end of day finishing up things mm-hmm. uh, and like around nine o'clock we're in front of the TV by ten thirty sharp it's like I want to eat chips or I eat something think. sweet or yeah. eat something salty and yeah. you do end up feeling like bad the Why? next day yeah, yeah. and uh, it's it's not anything to do with like my weight or something but you just know that it's not good for your body yeah. and what yeah. you're putting in your body and the habit that's becoming of that sometimes it's funny these little
2: actions that we can take like setting up the clothes putting the post-it on the
1: computer
2: i remember now that one of my clients said you know Every time I cannot sleep, I go on my phone and I I cannot stop. I I don't know what to do. So finally, okay, what can you do? What can you do? Keep wondering. And then finally he said, ah, I'm going to put my charger on the other side of the house. So it was either that, so he, he needed to charge his phone. So he had to physically move the phone to the other side of the house to plug it. That was plan A. Plan B was going to be to disconnect the Wi-Fi every evening or something wow. like that. With, wow. the, with, the, with the charger, it worked. And then you do it enough times that yeah. finally you don't need it anymore. You break out of the cycle and then you can move to something different. Because yeah. then it's part of your,
1: of your life. Is, is there like a minimum time before you break a cycle? Uh, that you would say, some statistics on that? Yeah, unfortunately,
2: the 21 days, that's a total lie. Oh, no. <laughs> Even the 66 days, not really. There's, there are no specific number. It really depends on the person and the habit and how automatic has become for the person to to do it. So it, it's really just about looking for these little tricks that can get you out of the habit and if it doesn't work try something different you don't 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 try the same thing that is not working for 100 days yeah just yeah. try something different or give yourself another little reward to motivate yeah. you.
1: It's, it's a continuous process. Sometimes I feel like it would take years to get out of a habit if you've been doing it since you're a child unknowingly. Mm-hmm. And with goals also, you would say that it can go over for a few years and you even plan for 10 years in the future with your clients. Mm-hmm. That's that's really great. Wow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it sets you up for the for the rest of the years so on what, if you think of already so far away, what you want your life to look like, then that already prepares you year by year. What steps should I be taking to be in this situation in 10 years?
0: Definitely. And I think also maybe the last thing I would say about that is start with the quick wins. Maybe start with the things that you know that are a little bit easier for you to accomplish. And that way you can start also feeling good and confident in yourself. And then that way you can kind of have the motivation as well that You know, I did that and I accomplished that. So now I'm definitely capable of doing this next thing too.
2: Exactly, exactly. There is this book called Eat That Frog by by Brian Tracy, which is very popular and it tells you that you should do the most difficult things first. But actually there is research that has been done that proves that if you start with the small things, then you create the snowball effect, even for depth. There are a lot of theories and, and books written about. You list your highest debt first, and to the to the small one, and you start paying the smallest debt Then you get motivated, and you keep the rolling that amount for a bigger and a bigger depth. And because you feel motivated, you create this snowballing effect, and that's gonna help you reach your goals faster. Instead of focusing on the the biggest one, the most difficult.
1: Yeah, that can seem a bit like not achievable. But when your mind has seen you achieving the smaller goals, it's like you can achieve anything. So then the bigger goal doesn't look, yeah, it doesn't look as uh, scary. Exactly. Um, Exactly. All right. So this was really a very insightful recording. And I hope that the audience also has learned uh, as much as Macy and I. Next thing on the list is to make our goals for 2022. Judith, do you have any last words you want to share with the audience?
2: Everybody I feel should know is that we are the architects of our lives. We have the power to design our own life and situation, the environment is never going to be perfect. It's always going to be you know, the economy going one way or the other, the inflation going one way or the other, the government not handling things as we think with the issues or taxes or whatever, there will always be reasons not to do something. But we need to break through these limiting beliefs and realize that we have the power to change anything we want in life. So, I invite everybody to trust in yourself, to believe in yourself, and believe that you have the potential to achieve anything you want.
0: That's great. Thank you so much, Judith. I really, really resonate with what you said, and it's really empowering, definitely at this time of year. Thank you so much for everything you shared with us and the audience. Thank you, ladies. It has been a pleasure, Judith. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. We also hope you enjoy. If you have any questions or comments, feedback, please feel free to reach out to us. And We're also curious to hear from you in terms of which topics you want to hear us dive into a little bit more about. We'll see you guys next time. Stay safe.